0: Start with the introduction. Uh, yeah, that is the first thing. List! <laughs> <Let's... laughs>
1: I'm Steve Davis. This is the podcast for people with things to do but choose us anyways.
0: So thank you all so much for downloading, subscribing, and most importantly, for listening. We really enjoyed recording last week's episode, Clue. Honestly, it was a blast.
1: Thanks again to Johnny and Jessica who joined us. Well, they didn't contribute much, but they're fun to hang out with. <laughs>
0: We gotta redo that. We're both supposed to laugh.
1: Look, I didn't read the line, okay? Shut up. right, then let's let's (laughs) just do it again. Do it again. Well, they didn't contribute much. They were fun to hang out with.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, we're the stars. Don't forget it. Uh, And as you know, we're now on iTunes and Google Play. And we'll soon be on Spotify. Or possibly
1: we're there already. I don't know
0: or you can go to cardboardpodcast.games and download all our episodes directly. Or if you have a different podcast app, you can find us there too. Make sure to follow us on all our social media. We have a Facebook group. It's at facebook.com/cardboardpodcast.
1: And we have an Instagram account at cardboardpodcast.
0: And one day we're going to update them. Just so you watch. All right, on to the show. I think you mean and on to the show. I stand by what I said. And on to the show! What do we got today, Steve? Today, we're gonna cover a board game. A board game? We well, do that all the time. You know what? Then let's cover a card game. Card games, that's where you got me. Yeah, well we did that before too, but we'll do no. it anyway. We did? Well, we maybe. We didn't
1: do card game, what? They don't know how time works, don't worry. No,
0: okay, okay, <laughs> yeah. You know what, I'll just put this one out first. Problem solved. Problem solved. In the meantime, let's talk about Monopoly Deal. Monopoly Deal. So, have any of you ever played Monopoly? I have. Oh, I haven't. Really? I had a whole bit going there, but that didn't work (laughs) now. Okay. Uh, No, of course, everyone's played Monopoly, and either they hate it with a passion or love it. Or Uh, love to hate it. Or hate to love it. We all love to hate it. Or at least we love to hate the people we love. Yes, while playing it,
1: after a game you tend to have a few less friends and a few family feuds to work out.
0: Yeah, and some of those never actually get worked out. Nope, Nope. because they just wouldn't let you not pay the rent. Or if you forget about the issues you had, you'll just play the game again next year, and what happens? They keep stealing
1: money from the bank when
0: nobody's looking. (laughs) That's what happens. Yeah, well, that's called a legitimate strategy. (laughs) I'm sorry, (laughs) alright? Get over it. That was like six years ago. Still hurts. Yeah, yeah,
1: fair enough. Alright, but Monopoly Deal is nothing like that. It's a reimagination of a classic board game.
0: Uh, Honestly, it's a really fun cut-down, shortened version of the game, and I absolutely love it. Yeah,
1: this one definitely
0: does not take all night to play. No, no. Honestly, this is one of the games we've played most out of our entire collection. Uh, We would sit down and play probably like four or five games in, in the span of an hour or two.
1: Yeah, it's really compact and really easy to learn.
0: Yeah, it's a real quick pickup time, especially if you know... Monopoly, which again most people do. It's not even loosely based. It's pretty closely based on the rules of Monopoly just in a card game form. Just a lot less dice rolling. Yes, by a lot less we mean there's absolutely no dice rolling, which is handy. It's what I said. You never said handy. I said handy. I'm pretty sure you said exactly what you said. Probably. <laughs> I can't remember. There's no way we'll ever be able to know.
1: Nope. Not without a time machine or something. Oh, time machine. Yeah, that would be pretty sweet. Alright,
0: let's get into some details. Let's talk about the game.
1: History.
0: Uh, Weird thing with this game is uh, the history of this game is that it was released in 2008. By Hasbro. By Hasbro. And that's the history of the game. Yeah. It's Monopoly. It's... Re-released. Yeah. So we're not going to get into the history of Monopoly, because that is honestly stealing from ourselves content from a future possible episode. So stay tuned for an episode on Monopoly. Yes. Next week. Next
1: week. Next week. But next week from the week before we post it. Yes. We're predating this. Yes. This definitely came before Monopoly. <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> but yeah, really there's actually no history to talk about, really it was, you know, a game developed by Hasbro, so there's not really anything to go into. It was uh, I'm sure created by some employees in a in an office room Who and said, "Let's make more
1: money from Monopoly."
0: Yeah, exactly. So the history we're really interested in especially is the the journey from humble
1: game maker to successful tycoon yeah
0: like the you know the the guy or girl that had an idea about a game and created it and like slowly
1: cornered the market on all games yes forever making it so that no one else could buy a game except from them
0: but it's honestly like <laughs> monopoly which was created by elizabeth maggie in uh, 1903 shut up oh sh- <laughs> no <laughs> I'm stealing from our future episode. What was that? Something like dinging. And was some dinging. Don't worry about it. Don't let them peek behind the curtain. All right. But does it for history. That does it for history. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Oh, wait. No, we have more more episodes. Right. The actual game. All right. So next we'll talk about uh, in a segment that could have a better name, but I can't think of one. Popular Media
1: Popular Media and How This Game Affects It A textbook by Duan bai and Stephen <laughs> Davis. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Chapter enough. one <laughs> Introduction to the title of this book.
0: <laughs> Which you can't remember already. <laughs> <laughs> okay popular media Devon you did all the research for this so I think this is your segment but I mean there's not that much
1: info in the pop culture to go about so monopoly deal
0: popular culture
1: yeah pop culture
0: no I said popular media (sighs) but popular culture is way better Hold on guys, I gotta change the notepad document. Done. Bam. It's official. Now let's rewind the podcast.
1: (laughs) Popular culture. (laughs) There's not too much to go on, but Monopoly Deal has had a little bit of a splash. There is a video game version of Monopoly Deal available. A video game? Yes,
0: a video game. Like an
1: app? Like an app, but for a game console.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good way to put it. Wow.
1: Yeah, you'd think that a little card game wouldn't be something you would play on a game console. But since it's over the internet, everyone doesn't see your hand and you play with your friends or
0: strangers it's also weird because it's like Monopoly deal is already just based off of a very popular or arguably the most popular board game of all time that
1: already has a
0: bunch of video game versions yeah so it's funny that this mini spin-off now has a video game yeah it's like full circle yeah I didn't think it was that popular a game though for a while it was in every store like right when we when had Target, new? Walmart, Toys R Us, grocery stores. It was everywhere. Yeah. Wherever they sold just playing cards, they would have Monopoly deal. Yeah. It would be in like sidecaps at the end of an aisle. And just that Battleship game we never picked up. We need to pick that one up. <laughs> we had almost all the Hasbro card games. I should pick up a new Monopoly deal too because those cards are like falling apart. Yeah. A
1: little worse for wear.
0: It uh, just comes from uh, extensive playing. Which is something that you can be proud of. Yes. All right. So it's got a video game. What else
1: does it have? Uh, there's also four other versions of Monopoly Deal available. Really? Yes. There are three different city-themed games. So you have a version with London, Berlin, and Paris.
0: Oh, so they just change like the name of the yeah. They'll uh, change properties. the names of
1: the properties. Okay, to gotcha. Yeah, 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 match the city.
0: That's kind of like the original. Uh expansion for Monopoly with the different cities.
1: Where you have the, uh... the North America version and the, uh... Europe version. Yeah. Which is cool. And then the other one is a Disney version. Really? So, same concept, just replace the... the names of the properties with Disney characters and places.
0: Huh. I like that. That's cool. Though I also kind of find it funny that, um... You replace the name of the properties with a character from Disney. But then it's like, well, we've just lost the entire concept of the Monopoly game altogether.
1: I mean, Monopoly's been doing that for a while.
0: Yeah, it's just kind as of As soon funny as they got me. into cats. Unless the Disney one has Disney locations. Which it might. That'd actually be kind of I cool. didn't get a chance to look at all the cards. That would be cool, actually. Though then it kind of takes away some of the luster off the Disney universe where... It's like Goofy's paying rent to stay in, you know, Disney Castle or whatever it is. Yeah. All of a sudden. It's not his castle. No. He just works there. (laughs) Then why is he paying rent? If he lives there, that makes more sense. (laughs) Well, there's also the millionaire one as well. Yes, there is. Which I think I had or have. And then immediately misplaced. Me, it misplaced because it wasn't that great. Different game, different values. Though the values were already in the millions anyway. Yep. Bump it up even higher. Well, that's a weird thing about the game is that they changed the values into the millions. Now, like, they did that in an actual board game Monopoly. They changed it into millions. And that actually made it a bit harder because you weren't used to those denominations. Though I guess you could just learn new numbers. Yeah, but it was you know. Yeah. It's now you suddenly need the time span of one board game isn't long enough really to really change your entire mental construct of value. Especially when there's years of learning behind that. Exactly, but to, to that point in Monopoly Deal, it's all in millions. I didn't really. It's different enough that the different values were understandable.
1: Yeah, it's a little easier for this to sink in when you're paying somebody a million dollars in rent. When you owe them five million dollars in rent, you feel good about that.
0: Yeah, and literally one million dollars is the lowest denomination. And so if you owe someone a million dollars in rent, A, that's a pretty low value rent. And B, you literally would just hand them one card that says one million on it. It's like, so it's actually pretty uh, pretty straightforward. Though you did say that they actually had a couple apps out there.
1: Well, actually those apps were connected to those four different versions. They added a new mode, which after every turn, you could draw a chance card.
0: Oh, that's really cool.
1: Which would be a little tricky to do in the physical card version.
0: Since there are no chance cards. Yes. Okay, that's actually really cool. I like that. All right. Uh, Well, that does it for popular culture. I guess we'll move on to rules. Rules.
1: All right. The part everyone
0: was waiting for. The rules of the game. Everyone's favorite segment of the podcast where we talk for half an hour about rules. And how to play. That's not what's going to happen. It could be. Well, we're just going to talk Except it's real really, really quick. simple. Yeah.
1: Alright, so Monopoly deal. Each player starts with five cards. Got that? Sh- shuffle Hold, sh- the, shuffle on. the deck. Hold on. I'm typing it down. Shuffle the deck. Give Hold everyone on. five Hold cards. On. You can play uh, with two to five players. Come on. Hold on. <laughs> Those aren't even words.
0: Okay, the Wait, player that starts with how many cards? Eight. I said eight. Eight cards. <laughs> I said five. Wait, what? <laughs> hold on. I'm
1: not sure how you were. Hold on, hold eight. on. <laughs> why, why, why did you have to delete five so cards? <laughs> Alright, and then at the start of your turn, you draw two cards. I mean, I guess you can decide who
0: goes first. Wait, 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 hold on. At. The. Start. Of. Your turn. Your. No! Your, sh- your turn. What? Don't throw me up! <laughs>
1: At the start of your Wait, turn. Wait, what?
0: At. You didn't have to delete the whole thing. Duh. <laughs> start. I've got more to say. Your Whatever you're ready. <laughs> Hold on. I need to take notes. You brought all the research. I didn't do any research. Well, it's not going to no, help you. Oh, I just started typing what I was saying. It's not going to help you after we're done recording.
1: Well, anywho. Turn.
0: Draw. (laughs) Okay, I'm done with this joke. Two.
1: It doesn't sound like you're done with this joke. Cards. Alright. Enter. Oh, you just deleted the whole. Oh, okay. Can you start again? (laughs) And on your turn, you can play up to three cards. So you draw two cards and you can play up to three cards. Yes. Eventually this means your hand can end up going to zero depending on what cards you draw and what you play. If you ever end up with zero cards at the start of your next turn you draw five cards.
0: Which is always kind of cool because it's like you normally you're just drawing two cards so it's kind of handy to get down to zero cards because then next turn boom five new cards.
1: Yep, but you also have to keep in mind, if you are drawing new cards, the max hand size is seven.
0: That's right. So you can't end your turn with more than five cards? With more than seven. Oh, so you can get up to nine cards. Yes. And then you'd have to play two of them or discard. Right. Okay. At the end of the turn, you can never have more than seven, basically. Okay. That's cool. Hold on. No, just
1: stop. No one wants to hear you type. It's not about
0: hearing me type. I'm just taking notes. Notes are for the weak. Like me. Why is it that only the listeners get to learn from our podcast? I need to learn these rules too. Oh, I just started typing what I was saying again. That's what's going to happen. Got to
1: pay attention. Now you ask, why am I playing all of these cards when I don't even know how to win? I know how to win. You know how to win? Yeah. How do you win? Well, that's
0: why I'm on the podcast, so I can teach people how to play. Well, enlighten us. (laughs) Uh, Basically, you win by having three full monopolies. Yes. So, you know, uh, I can't think of any of the territories, but like park place. Territories. (laughs) Territories. Properties. Thank you. Could be a territory. You don't know how big these areas are. I mean, aside from the fact that they're actual streets, like High Park and Park Place is a whole set. It's a high, yep. high Park, Park Place, and Boardwalk. There high, you go. <laughs> Park Place and Boardwalk are a whole set. So if you have that plus two other full sets, which typically are three properties, uh, you win. Yep. But Included we didn't cover properties at all... How to get properties. All we did, all we talked about was drawing. Drawing cards and playing cards. Yep. That's how you start. That is how you start. But we need to know how to play. So we've covered how to start and how to finish. But how do we play? All right. So each deck of Monopoly Deal contains
1: 110 cards. In those 110 cards, there's four reference cards. These are quick and easy ways to remember how to play the game. Give one of these to each player if possible. There's 28 Properties cards. These are all properties that you need to win the game. There are 11 Wild Cards. These complement the Property Cards and make it a little easier to get the right combination that you need. There's also 20 Money Cards for paying people off and keeping them off your back. There's 13 Pay Rent Cards for getting money from the other players. And 34 action cards, which let you take special actions to help you win.
0: So, I think kind of a fun thing to talk about would be some of these fun cards. Why, of course.
1: Let's talk about Baltic Avenue. (laughs) Baltic Avenue is a property in Monopoly. Hold on! This is one of the least expensive cards, least expensive properties. And Monopoly over the years.
0: I've gone into full caps. (laughs) Least expensive.
1: (laughs) And it's usually the color brown. Oh.
0: Okay, brown's going into lowercase though.
1: What? That's the most important part about Baltic Avenue. Okay,
0: hold on. Let me go back and change it then.
1: Except for when it's purple. I think it's purple sometimes. In this
0: game, it's brown. Brown! Alright. Okay, let's talk about how to play. Let's talk about how to actually play. So, basically, you draw two cards. You have seven cards now. uh, And you need to... You can play up to three cards. So you have... uh, Devon mentioned property cards. Uh... Devon mentioned money cards, and then there are action cards, which Devon also mentioned. I don't know why I didn't say he didn't mention those. Because I clearly didn't mention them. You did say that there were like 27 or something of those cards. Yep. Anyway, a property card just gets set out in front of you, and kind of like your play area is right in front of you. You put your property cards there. So those are all the properties that you own. Money cards... Face up, mind you. Face up, yes. Everything's face up. Money cards go into either a pile stack or 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 spread out in front of you just maybe off to the side that's your money if the money or property or card is not on the table it is not in play so if if someone charges you rent you can't take a money card from your hand it comes from the pile if you are trying to make a trade for a property or you have to pay somebody a property you can't take it from your hand it comes from the table
1: Yeah, if it's in your hand, it's not in play.
0: Exactly. And lastly, our action cards. And action cards have uh, obviously a bunch... Maybe not obviously, but have a bunch of different effects. For instance, Sly Deal. Or sorry, Forced Deal. Let's talk about Forced Deal. You can swap a property card with one other player as long as it's not part of a full set of properties. So basically... You get to make a trade with them and they have no say in it. Unless they just say no by playing a just say no card. There's the just say no card. You can play it at any time on your turn or not on your turn. Well, actually, you wouldn't play it on your turn because no one's playing anything against you.
1: You could just say no to your own action. Yeah, that's true, I suppose. If you're trying to get rid of cards,
0: it's not very smart. It's a very valuable card, there's only two or three in the deck. Yeah, the just say no card stops any action, whether it's targeted against you or it just any action card that someone plays, including just say no. Including just say no, we've had a chain of just say nos before. I've seen all just three just say nos come out before, which is uh, always pretty funny. Uh, another popular card is it's my birthday. You play it's my birthday. Everyone has to give you two million dollars.
1: It's more effective the more players are in the game. Yeah,
0: exactly. When it's a one-on-one game, you know, it's good but not great. Or Debt Collector. Target one person and they have to give you $5 million. It's always a bad card to get hit by. And then Deal Breaker, the other super powerful card, which is uh, you can steal one full set of properties.
1: From any player?
0: From any player. There's one, and it has to be full. You can't just take one card if they only have one card. It has to be a full set. So that one's obviously a pretty powerful card to play.
1: That's one of the cards that is very likely to win you the game.
0: Yes. There's also Slide Deal, the last card, really, that I didn't talk about, which is just steal a property from anyone that's not part of a full set. Then you have Rent Cards, which... Uh, as if you have a red property and you have a rent card that is uh, that has the red color in it, you can charge everyone on the board all at once um, rent for that property. And the more properties you have in a single set, the more money you get for rent. Sometimes it's good to sit on those rent cards. Other times
1: it's good to make people pay.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's uh, some good strategies around that. We'll talk in our uh, strategies section oh you know what i actually forgot one which was go right the go card which is draw two cards for always helpful for you pokemon card game fans out there it's basically bill but in monopoly form yep
1: uh
0: yeah so that's a good card too now most of these cards also have a monetary value to them meaning if you wanted to You could play it as a money card instead of an action card. Sometimes this will get you out of trouble. Other times it's a complete waste. Yeah. But what happens if I play it as a money card?
1: Then it stops being an action card for everyone. So even if you used it to pay somebody, they couldn't play
0: it as an action card. Exactly. To play an action card, it has to be from your hand. So if it's already on the table, it is no longer able to be used. So if you put it if you play it as an action card, the action happens. If you play it as a money card, nothing happens. You just gain that much money. And I guess we'll move on to strategies. Strategy and the best way to play the
1: game and destroy your friendships.
0: Destroy. You. Strategies.
1: All right. First thing I got to say, strategy, keep a lot of money and small unmarked bills, non-sequential, no die packs.
0: They're all Or se- all
1: die packs, actually.
0: <laughs> they're all sequential and they're all marked.
1: Okay, but if they're unmarked, you can pay people less.
0: They're also not. <laughs> <laughs> they're also not bills. They're cards with money printed on the top. And that's yeah. actually not even money printed on. It's just a number and an M.
1: Yeah. What I'm getting at is try to keep as small denominations as possible.
0: Yes. In as many different pieces as possible. Yeah. It's good to have a few bigger denominations, but yes, small denominations are good. The reason for this being, one thing we didn't cover in gameplay, is when someone charges you rent, uh, you have to pay it with whatever you have. Obviously, the first choice typically would be from money, but you, if you run out of money and you still owe them and you have properties, you got to pay from the properties,
1: Yep, and this is the main purpose of charging rent in the game is to get other people's properties because they can't pay you money.
0: Yeah, that's why sometimes I find it uh, beneficial to start charging people rent or, or at least play money owing cards such as it's my birthday early on because that's a low amount but they might have just put down one or two properties. So they might have to give me one or two of those properties.
1: Yeah, simply because they didn't put down a money card or they didn't have one to begin with.
0: Exactly. So it can be beneficial to start charging people early on in the game because you can actually get some properties out of it. Yeah, so keeping a buffer of money between you
1: and your opponents getting your properties is a great strategy.
0: Yeah, you don't want to lose your properties because it can be difficult to get them back. Especially later in the game where a lot of different sets are showing up you need to hold on to those potential sets you have and keep them out of the hands of your opponents. Yep, that is the truth. Another strategy I find beneficial is not always completing your sets right away. Because there's that one card in that game, there's actually two of them, it's called Deal Breaker, where they can steal an entire set.
1: Yeah, and whenever you have an entire set there,
0: it just makes you a big target. Exactly. Now, they could steal or forcibly trade cards from uncompleted sets, that's true, but it's much easier to get back a single card or find a different card in the deck, because there are wild cards for each color of property. It's much easier to get a single card than a whole setback. Yeah. Yeah. Unless, Which you know, a you have setback. the
1: other deal-breaker.
0: Yeah, or you have a just say no, right? If you have a just say no, go nuts on the the properties, right? That, it's it's kind of a safety net, but keep in mind there are three just say nos and two deal breakers. So that's one. That's another strategy we discussed off the air. Uh, is kind of trying to keep track of those high value high danger cards yeah
1: if they've been played you can be a little bit more lax with how you're putting down your cards
0: especially later in the game when the deck is getting low and you haven't seen those cards show up if you don't have them in your hand or if you only had one in your hand you can be fairly certain that they're most likely in someone else's hand already and that gets
1: on to the next
0: strategy hoard the best cards yes if you
1: have two deal breakers in your hand You are sitting on a gold mine. You're basically
0: sitting on the win right there. (laughs) And if you have all three
1: of the just say no's, keep those as long as you can.
0: Yeah. I I know I mentioned earlier that uh, getting your hand down to zero cards, being able to draw five cards is pretty valuable. It is, unless you're holding on to some high-valued cards. Uh, That's something you really want to hold on to until it's absolutely necessary. Yeah, because the best part about that is since you're holding them, no one can use them against you. Exactly. Uh, Also, the deal breaker is a good one to hold on to. If If your opponents later in the game start building up their sets and they have some complete sets, and all you need really is one complete set. You have three actions in a turn, boom, play your two deal breakers, you just won the game. Unless they have just say no's, but again, you want to keep track of that. Yeah, chances are you can get one of them. Or if you have just say no's in your hand... Go ahead and build all the cards you want and choose wisely when to use them. Don't just throw a just say no down when someone steals, you know, your waterworks. That's not, in this game, a high value card. Yeah, unless, you
1: know, that means they can win because underestimating those two piece properties has come back to bite you in the past.
0: Yes, yes. And also, again, that comes back to just watching what cards have been played and what cards haven't yet. There's no sense late in the game playing your deal breaker if you know that someone has the Just Say No card. You're just throwing away a high value card. Yeah, at that point it might be better used as money. Better used as money or get some lower damaging cards like a Sly Deal where you steal a card. Or a Force Deal where you can take one of their high value cards. Yeah. Get them to Just Say No on those cards so that you can then use your higher value cards on. Un, un what? Unstopped. <laughs> unabated, abated. Unstopped. So nothing bad happens to you. Dis stopped. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: one more strategy that I strategy came up with is prey on the defenseless. If somebody has <laughs> no money. It's a good idea to charge them for everything they've got.
0: They're going to have to pay you in whatever properties they have.
1: Yeah. And if you have a way to charge them multiple times in the same turn, sometimes they'll make that hard choice about splitting up this or splitting up that, which will make it a little easier
0: the next time you charge them. Yeah. And if you can charge them three times in the same turn, go for it. Yeah, sometimes you'll... For instance, sometimes they'll have properties that are worth say three million, I've seen it where, in a personal experience, I had three properties worth three million each. Or, uh, sorry, my opponent had three properties worth three million each. So I played a... It's my birthday. Nope. It's the card you play. No, I play. It's the other card, the one that, where you get five million. I oh, forgot it already. debt collector. So I played a debt collector, which charges them five million. So they have three cards at three million each. They had to give me six million dollars worth of properties. Then I played it's my birthday and got the other two million. Uh, got the other three million. So I made them make that hard choice, and then I just kind of screwed with them after and just said, "No, give me the other one anyway." So basically, I got nine million dollars worth of properties in seven million dollars worth of charges. Yeah. So that's really worthwhile.
1: There's a few ways where you can play this game in a strategic fashion to increase your odds of winning.
0: Exactly. One other strategy I forgot about was holding on to a full set. If you have a full set in your hand, hold on to it. Whether it's two cards or three, hold on to that if you manage to get it. Because, remember, you have three actions. So you could have two to three cards in your hand. And on the last turn, if you have two sets down, play one, two, three, boom, you just won the game straight from your hand.
1: Especially if one of those is the Everything Wild Card.
0: Yes, there's a Wild Card that fits on everything. There are also Wild Cards that have two different colors on them that could work for, you know, a pink or an orange, a red or a yellow. Those are good Wild Cards to have. Um, And then, yeah, the Everything Wild Card is a good one to hold on to as long as possible uh, just so you can, A, keep people from stealing it, and B, it's a great, quick win in the end if you manage to do it right so true so true so so true any other
1: strategies um that's about all i've got that's a
0: pretty pretty basic first for strategies yeah Keep and again money you
1: know hoard the best cards yeah take advantage yeah. of people
0: but also pay
1: attention uh
0: sometimes a good strategy is get lots of cards to pay. if you don't if you don't have these incredibly high valued cards in your hand and sometimes even when you do it can be worthwhile to just clear them as fast as possible and you know get that five card draw at the start of your turn or keep playing those gold cards get more and more cards in your hand because that gives you more options that gives you potentially more money to put into your pot more properties to get onto your side of the field. And yeah, just more options for what to do and more likelihood you're going to get those high-value cards. So that yep. it, it just might be play the game, read the table, see what's going on, and and, and change your strategy as you go. Don't yep. just subscribe to a single strategy per game. Adapt as you go, see what cards you're dealt, and play accordingly. That's that's it. And, and you know what? Know, and this goes for all the games, know who you're playing. Play to them, don't just play to... Uh, the rules of the game play to the opponent because you're more likely to win that way if you if you know them well you can uh you can take them down easily and you know lose a friend in the process. It's kind of a win 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 situation here, assuming you don't like them uh, remember, just assume you don't like your friends based on what we're saying yep that's our assumption going into every podcast
1: It's the only way to make
0: sure you come out number yeah. one Devon and I hate each other clearly but that's also why we're never number one because we're both doing the same thing all right so
1: one thing we have to say is what is the worst card in this game
0: oh that's a good question Let me. and i'm just Ble- going to go open. out
1: and say it it's a card that we haven't even mentioned once during all of this it Ooh, is the hotel card
0: <laughs> I've used that card. It's not terrible. It's
1: the worst card in the game. Okay. It's only useful when you have a full set and have drawn a house. Yeah. Then you can play your hotel. Yeah. And for it to be useful, you also have to have the matching rent card.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of very specific things that you need.
1: By that point, you probably would have won just from putting the hotel in your money pile
0: yeah almost exclusively in the games we play houses and hotels just get put down into rent the only time i've used a house and or a hotel i can't even think of a specific time i used a hotel was when i also had the matching rent card in my hand already right because because the houses and hotels work the same way they increase the rent value so i put a house down It puts the rent value up by like I think a million dollars. No, it adds three million dollars to the total rent, which is pretty good. And then a hotel adds four million to the total rent. Still not worth it. It uh, it it's worth it if it's in your hand when you have the rent card in your hand. When the stars
1: align.
0: Yeah. Or if you have a (laughs) uh, a wild rent card. The yeah. wild rent only targets one person rather than everyone around the table.
1: Though generally But
0: also think, remember, a rent card targets everyone. So in a in a in a game with a, with more people, that's worth a lot more.
1: So yeah, three million you're...
0: in like a four player game turns into But when there's a four player million.
1: game, you're also less likely to have everything line up for you to be able
0: to play no, a little true, card. True. But that's what I'm saying. It's uh it's very valuable when you get it in the right sequence if I happen to have a hotel card in my hand or or a house card in my hand but I don't have the rent card I don't have whatever I need for it it's just going to go in my money pile that's what's going to happen assuming I'm clearing out my hand but it is a low value card in my hand you're right and uh so what do you say best card is
1: Well, well well I'm guessing you're saying that that is
0: the worst card I or unless you can come up with another one I almost want to say that the wild rent card is the worst. Collect rent from one person at it's, any time.: Yeah, it's just not that worth it. Like even the like even the cards where it's low money collection, like it's my birthday, it's from everyone. When you get into the higher numbers, like five million in debt collector, that's from one person. but most rent is like one to two million. That's, like, that's not that worthwhile unless it's, like, one of the first rounds of the game.
1: Yep, but it is valuable when you just can't draw the rent card that matches the one you need, or if you just saw somebody else put that rent card into their money pile.
0: Yeah, I get that, but for me, it's, like, it's just such a waste when... If you look at it in context of what an actual rent card gets you, to me, it just devalues the wild rent card vastly. Yep, but... that's a terrible sentence, but I'll stick that with it. That
1: card has won me a game a couple times.
0: Yeah, but I guarantee you the... the house and hotel cards have gotten me a lot of money because I have used them and used them effectively. And On
1: that rare one occasion. <laughs> on
0: that rare one <laughs> or two occasions. We have played this game dozens of times. So, yeah, that's, I mean in the uh, in the spirit of being argumentative or having like some content where we're just not agreeing with everything, I will say the wild rent card. It is on the low end for me anyway, whether it's the worst or not, I don't know, but yeah I would say that All right and
1: my favorite card I'm gonna have to say is the just say no Yeah it just
0: feels really good to just say no It is possibly the best feeling or at least one of the best feelings in that game is to. Stop someone who thinks they've just pulled one over on you. Yep, just
1: oh, Talk to the end
0: And it's actually not uncommon for that just say no to stop a game winning move. And it's usually that, what
1: they're saved for.
0: That this is one of the reasons why this could be a you know friendship ending game. Either the deal breaker steals someone's whole thing and they get really upset or the just say no stops that person from like winning the game.
1: And then for their second action they played the next deal breaker they
0: had. <laughs> yeah. And then you played the another just say no. That's now. happened multiple <laughs> times. Oh man. Yeah. Nothing's that's even worse. That's even worse. That's, that's like the best feeling. That's the that's the monopoly deal equivalent of flipping the table. Right. Yeah. Like that that that's the level. For me, I might even say I might even say Sly Deal, which is one of the lower cards, but it's you just steal one property. It's so simple. There's a few of them in the deck, so it's not one of those super high-powered, high high-valued high cards. But it is. it can be devastating in the right way.
1: Yeah, that one's a useful card if you play it early.
0: Yeah. Yeah, even later in the game when... Because it's not always are you trying to make the same sets as your opponents. Sometimes, for sure. Um, and in those cases, actually, it's even more value because if you're both trying to make the same set and you haven't completed it, you can steal that right out of the person's table and complete your set. And stop them. You can even win games on the Sly Deal card. So I just, I like this card because it's not the super overpowered card that everyone is going to throw the Just Say No, like Deal Breaker. Yeah everyone's going to throw a a just say no if they have it on it. But a sly deal, you might get some just say no's, but it's not, especially later on in the game, it's not so overly powered that people are just going to automatically stop it. Yeah, that's something that definitely comes up when it's the first card you're playing for your turn,
1: is you can usually get away with that sly deal and then play the two cards in your hand and
0: let you win. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, play it so that people may not know exactly what's up your sleeve. At the time that's why i think maybe the sly deal for me is maybe not the most powerful card but maybe my favorite card in that it's just powerful enough that it's not so people have to weigh people are going to weigh that option do i just say no this card or do i not deal breaker there's no weighing that situation you're yeah. playing the just say no but uh sly deal oh yeah but maybe someone's going to play the, the deal breaker i don't know if i want to do that all right no. i was really sure that you were going to say that Go
1: was your favorite card?
0: Uh, I have mixed feelings on Go. I like Go because, you you know, it's, hey, new cards! But it also costs you an action to get those new cards. And I do like the wear down your hand, get five cards uh, when you're empty, and the the Go card just uh, slows that way, way, way down. Yes. And so often when I get Go cards, like i don't want to waste it by throwing it into my money pile because that's free two cards but at the same time i don't want to get like way behind you because you're gonna get those five cards which i'm putting a lot of value behind those five cards it's not that valuable but it is it can be it can be extremely valuable it's because it's five cards all at once all at once yeah yeah, that would be my I, I would say that Slide Eel might be my favorite card. I do get I do get really happy when I see Slide Deal in there.
1: All right. Yeah. Good to know which
0: cards to keep from you. Yeah. Oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> I don't know that's called Are you stacking the deck? What? No. Oh. No.
1: This is a game of chance. You can't game stack
0: of chance. a deck. It's impossible. <laughs> impossible to stack a deck. Yep. You heard it here first. We're breaking years of misinformation. <laughs> Okay, well, we're going to move on to alternative gameplay. House rules. (laughs) Also, house rules. That was a great TV show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Custom rules. Alright, the first... uh... I mean, pretty obvious one is get four monopolies instead of three.
0: Or two, or five, you know, or one. We should try it with one. That would be like a horrific game. Yeah, I feel like
1: before we even get a comfortable hand, you could win just by drawing, what, a utility and the wild card for utilities? Well,
0: you could also, <laughs> like, make it so it has to be a 3-set or something. Right. Or any any 2-set also needs a wild or something like that. So, two 2-sets like, uh, or one 3-set. That could be... That sounds... Just so you can't win on the first turn. That sounds dumb, but at the same time... Well, you could still get a 3-set on your first turn. But... It sounds dumb, but that could be really interesting. Like, like that would... Make it so much more hectic and stressful because, like, at any moment, anyone could win. I like that. There's like there could be no warning, and then the game's over. It would probably also make them really short games, like five minute games,
1: and make most of the action cards useless. Yeah, for the most part.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Deal breaker is just cut.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) All All right. Another way to play would to be to get
1: a certain amount of valuables at one time. Oh, I like that. So you play until somebody has, say, 25 million. That's cool. That's cool. I like that. So I could make the money cards a little bit more valuable, and it makes just stealing any properties
0: somewhat helpful towards you winning. Or you could even make it so that whoever just has the most money, not even properties, but just money that could be interesting too that just makes that money pile so it would I think it would make people very conflicted about that money pile yeah
1: you'd be more likely to pay with your properties
0: yeah if you didn't have to spend your money exactly but that also gives you less options for earning money yeah so that would be an interesting way yeah I like that that's a cool idea different objectives Yep. The next one I
1: have is you draw one card and you get to take one card from one of your opponents Ooh. from their hand.
0: Yeah, we've talked about, we've added this uh, as a, a possible house rule for a lot of games that added strategy of stealing cards from someone else. Yeah. A- and as a normal every turn action. I really like it. Because just when they thought their hand was safe, they got back in the water. Yeah. That could be cool. Or, like, you could also do th- simple things that would really change the game. Like, no hand limit. Or max two actions. But you have to do two actions. Like you could also put a minimum. Like, no, nope, minimum two actions, maximum three actions. Or two actions only, but you have to do them. Like, things like that. Would really change up the flow of the game. Yep. And it would, it would definitely change up strategies. That'd be interesting. You'd also never lose your hand in that in that case as well. Yeah. You'd always have your five or your seven cards at the start and five at the end. That'd be interesting too. Most likely.
1: Yeah. And then the last one I have is an extra option on your turn, which is you discard three of your cards to charge rent
0: normally for your property. I like that a lot. Because getting those gosh Darn rent cards (laughs) is so frustrating. (laughs) I like that. That's a good idea. I mean, it's
1: still pretty costly because that's basically taking three of the cards in your hand to do one thing.
0: It is. Or you you could even attach a monetary value to it. You could be like, spend... Spend six million to charge rent. Or that's kind of weird because then you're literally spending money to make money.
1: So that's what that you got to
0: do. Yeah, but, but I think that that's the saying. You got to spend money to make money. I think you have to spend friends to make
1: money. There you go. Discard your friends to charge rent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of is that way. You know what? I like yours a lot. The Discard three cards to charge rent. I like that. as a As a wild rent, like targeting one person, or as a... Regular I didn't rent. decide
1: on that. I would. Assume you could do regular. it like
0: discard two cards as a wild and three cards as a as a broad rent.
1: Right, just so you have more options.
0: Yeah, or you could just get rid of the options and just say three cards rent from everyone. That'd be kind of cool. That'd be really cool. Or but, discard you know cards up to X value. Like it would be like because those just say no cards are worth I think it's what eight and ten million. I believe so. The blue is eight, I think and the they're worth a lot the purple is 10 so with deal breaker being 10 just say no was 8 or something like that so it'd basically be like discard 10 million dollars worth of cards from your hand to, to charge rent yeah you could do something like that that'd make it even harder like if you just had regular cards you'd have to discard upwards of 5 cards at which case it's not that valuable it's worth helpful. workshopping it's worth workshopping and trying it out I like that that's a cool idea Cause man, I hate rent cards. That's my other least favorite card. Is just rent cards, just cause they're so they're too specific. Yeah,
1: you need this color or that color, yeah. and your opponent is always the one who has them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or you you have that rent card and you have one property of that color, and it's just not that worth it. So you hold on to it, hoping to get more of that color, and you just never do. So you've just been wasting space in your hand with this stupid rent card. Or I hate worse, rent cards.
1: You say, you know what, I'm just going to play it. And then you draw the other two.
0: Yeah, I've done that (laughs) where it's like I have Park Place and you wait and wait and wait and never Boardwalk. So it's like, okay, I'm just going to charge the rent on it and then Boardwalk is the very next turn. It's like, really? That's like $6 million. Yep. From everybody. E-everybody. Yeah. Just nuts. Yeah. That is Monopoly Deal. That's Monopoly Deal in a nutshell. I think what we're going to do is we're going to add a bit of a segment here. It's not really a segment. We're, we're going to add some ratings. Now, we've said it from before, from, from episode 1, 2, and 3, we are not a review podcast. We're not reviewing these games. If we're talking about the game, we already like it. It's on our like list. We play it. Uh, but we want to rate it just to make it maybe easier for you all to to maybe gauge if you want to play it or not. But we also want to go a little bit original, a little bit off the uh, beaten path with our ratings. So we're going to rate the podcast. We're (laughs) going to... 10 out of 10!
1: (laughs) There is not a number high
0: enough to rate how good this podcast is. They're still working on the highest number, and then that's what our number will be. No, we're going to rate the games based on four different categories, and then an overall rating. So learning difficulty, the strategy level, so how much strategy is involved in playing, chance level, so how much chance is involved in playing the game, the likelihood of post-game friendship, so how likely are you to still be friends with your friends after the game, uh, and then an overall score. So we didn't go with a score of like number scores, we're 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 going with like objects or ideas or experiences that kind of match the the level of the rating that we are giving each category. Yeah, Except so. for the likelihood of post game friendship, we kind of did it a range because that's unless we want to change that. A yeah, range is fine. Okay. We'll change it next time. So or we catch each, it in post. We were having too much, yeah. We were having too much fun uh, with the ratings, so we each are giving our own. So for me, for learning difficulty, I rate this game a potato.
1: And for learning difficulty, I rate this game a sweet potato.
0: Basically, Devon thinks it's slightly harder to learn this game than I do, but we both think it is a very easy game to learn. That's what I said. So a potato. That's what I said (laughs) Uh, The strategy level For me It's a cake bake Baking a cake Yeah, and for me
1: I think it involves About as much strategy As one would need When jumping a fence
0: Which you would think is low But for Devon That's
1: fairly high Yeah, you gotta plan Where you're gonna land And check out for like Bear
0: traps on the other side Yeah, you know what I ran into that A couple times as a kid bear traps at the bottom of a fence tough delivering papers now the chance (laughs) level for me it's what i need is on sale basically you know you walk into a store you need to buy something and it's on sale what are the odds of that so that's what i think is the chance level in monopoly deal
1: and i'm saying you have some control over your own destiny destiny maybe not all the control that you need but you can get yourself there.
0: I also have control over my own density. Like the vision? Yeah. Cool. I was just making fun of your t- uh, the mistake you made in the word. Eh. Yeah. Density, destiny, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> my density, destiny. Alright, now the next rating will be the likelihood of post-game friendship. How likely are you to remain friends with your friends? I definitely think that this is a 3 to 7 game. Yeah, Devon gave it a pretty big arc from anywhere from 3 to 7. Not very likely to keep your friends, too very likely to keep your friends, or highly likely. I put it at a 4 to 6, mid-range. The 6 is like, you know what, this is just a fun game. But the 4 is like, yeah, but you just deal broke half my properties. I don't like you anymore. It's like... I just wanted to steal your stuff, but you just said no. Yeah. So I
1: tried again, and you said no again. So I used something else to steal something else, and you
0: said no again. Exactly. And so... then I balled my hand into a fist. And now we're <laughs> not friends. And for the overall score, I say it's fun. The game is fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, those are that's our rating section. And maybe of the even podcast. continue to enjoy it. That's not part of this, Devon. We're rating it. No, you're right. I continue to enjoy this game as well. We'll find out next time. Next time on our follow-up podcast, do I still enjoy that board game where we cover Monopoly Deal? We haven't See played you in 10 this. years. See you in 10 years on our follow-up. No, let's talk about it. I'm going to be 43 when I'm still playing board games, and I'm so happy about that, actually.
1: Yeah, I mean, could be worse. You could be playing some sort of virtual Finger game.
0: Don't we play those now?
1: I don't know. I just made up the concept. Could be anything. A
0: virtual finger game? That's yeah. like <laughs> This is great for a audio podcast. Alright guys, let's see ya.
1: Devon and Steve wiggle
0: their fingers in different direction. What if it's the same direction? You'll never know. We're not recording this visually. They are simulating what a finger game would be. They don't
1: understand what's going on, and they stop.
0: But who's winning? I don't know. I don't know in this finger game. I don't even
1: know what a futuristic finger game is.
0: One of the oldest games out there is a Chinese finger trap. I thought that was a trap. Yeah, but it's a game. Traps aren't games. They're traps. If it was a trap, the goal of it would be to, like, stop an army. I don't think a finger trap is going to stop an army. Stop them from using their hands. Yeah, but not their arms. can't hold a sword with your arm. You specifically have <laughs> to hold the sword with two hands in front of you. Guess where your fingers are? Right in front of you. Unless they're doing the game behind their back. That would be... That would be good. If See, if you wanted to stop an army... Just start one of those hashtag challenges where it's like, can you get out of a Chinese finger trap behind your back? And then you just basically tied an entire army's hands behind their back.
1: Yep. And then you live on continually or invade depending on which side you're on.
0: Yeah. Well, if you just leave them, I think you could be charged with war crimes for starving an entire army to death. You don't need your hands to eat. You need your hands to prepare the food. But you don't need them to eat. No, but if they can't prepare the food, (laughs) they starve to death. But you don't need your hands to eat. No. I will concede that one point. But I don't think... See, you're missing the point here. You don't need your hands to eat. No, I got that point. You're missing the point that if you can't make the food, you can't eat the food because the food's not made. But you don't need your hands to eat. You
1: can eat just
0: fine without hands. I I get that. But just listen. Just just hold on. just I know you want to say some words. I'm pretty sure I know what those words are. Is that just you hold. Don't
1: need your hands. To use. Just hold on to those <laughs> words that's what for I was a minute. Say.
0: Just for a minute, while I explain. My name is Joe Biden, and I'm a soldier. Okay.
1: That doesn't sound right.
0: I just made up the name. It's uh, a random name. All right. I just went into my right. internal name generator and came up with Joe Biden. All right. I am Joe I Biden. Understand. Hello, Joe. Hi. I'm a soldier. Wait, oh, are you a, a G.I. Joe? What? I'm a Joe B. Iden. And I just got this Chinese finger trap sent to me by my enemy. Oh, that's nice. Maybe they're trying to make amends. Oh, it comes with a paper. It says, try this hashtag challenge to get out of this finger trap behind with your hands behind your back. Oh, let me try this. Oh no! My hands are stuck, and I can't get out. Well, I'm hungry. How am I gonna eat? I don't need my hands to eat, but wait. All the food's in the fridge, in packages, and it's raw, and it's frozen. What will I do? Oh, I'm so hungry! Ah, ah, Um, I'm Joe B. Iden, and I'm dead.
1: You shouldn't have kept all your food in the fridge. Have some fresh vegetables.
0: You don't need to store those in the fridge. They're in the crisp. I can't <laughs> eat soggy vegetables. They need to be crisp vegetables. I'm not a maniac. I'm not it Sounds like you're too picky to live because you don't need your hands to <laughs> Shopping day was tomorrow. It was tomorrow. But now I'm dead. I was down to the last bit of food, but I had some chicken. I just hadn't cooked I mean... it yet. It I could have survived. Sounds to me like you should have balanced your game
1: life and your real life a little better before you played with that Chinese finger <laughs>
0: trap. So I you got your chores done. It was a ver- <laughs> I don't have chores, I'm an adult. I just <laughs> have my life, which is a big chore. <laughs> but I saw this little simple game and an invitation from my sworn enemy to say, hey, play this game. Try this challenge. I said, okay. It's a very simple thing. It's a tube. This can't take long. And I'm dead. I'm Joe B. Iden. I'm Devon Hardy. Thanks for listening. <laughs>